What you are about to hear are accounts of real pro wrestling events. Some names, mostly ours, have been changed to protect the innocent. Welcome to Snap Judgments. Welcome to Snap Judgments AEW Edition. I am your host, Detective Mark Smarks, and I'm going to go over AEW Dynamite for July 22nd of 2020, the year of our Lord 2020. I don't know. Um, like I said, this is this is the new format where I'm basically just going to go through what what I liked about it and what didn't work for me. So um, I've been calling it Smark My Words. So smark my words. These are the things that worked and didn't work on it. Uh, before I get into the actual review, though, I will like to remind everyone that Ron Order is part of the Tatnus Co. Podcast Network. So head on over to tatnusco.com to get all the links to all the other network shows and um, listen to them and then come back here and we'd love to have you back for our next uh, episode. So getting into Snap Judgments, smark my words. We always start off with the things that didn't work. I like to keep the ending positive. So this was a very good episode of Dynamite all in all. I think the ratings uh, uh, showed it. I mean, I, I believe there were some parts of it that we had over a million viewers on AEW. So it was a very good show. And I think that showed it. There aren't a whole lot of things that didn't work. for, um, But there were a few things. Uh, number one, I, I didn't like that they started off... Uh, pretty quickly um they had the cody Rhodes match first and i liked that that'll come up later but i didn't like that they followed it up with mjf coming out and just beating up on griff garrison uh enhancement talent and and this is not that i didn't like uh that i don't think mjf should continue to to win um and it's not that i didn't like griff garrison i think griff garrison has a lot of upside I don't like it because I don't think it helped either person. It didn't help establish MJF anymore. I mean, we already knew he was an a-hole. Um, him beating Dollar Store Jungle Boy in his mind didn't help him, didn't establish him as even more of a BA. Um, and it didn't help Griff Garrison, who I do think has some upside. And I, I seriously think um, playing up this whole he looks like Jungle Boy even more on screen could have a ton of fun but it, i don't think it the only way it helped him a little bit was he showed he wasn't afraid of mjf but i think there's so many other ways that um i also didn't like moving on to number two i didn't like ricky St starks joining cage and taz not because he joined but because it happened on AEW dark after months of nothing important happening there i think the impact would have been way bigger if they would have had it happen on dynamite Instead of just doing a recap, it's it's common knowledge that less people watch AEW Dynamite. And maybe this is them trying to, to get more people to watch it. But as long as it's on YouTube and not on a network, they're always going to have a little bit less of an impact just from a prestige. Uh, so I think, I think this is one of those things where it was a big storyline that they didn't have pay, play off on dynamite and so a lot of people were probably in fact it even goes a little bit farther ricky starks has barely been seen on dynamite he came out he did his one match with cody and then they put him on Di on dark for the last couple weeks and so dynamite viewers 
don't really know much about him. So him joining up with Cage really no sense in that stuff. Number three thing that did not work, five Allen Angels versus Hangman Page. Another glorified squash, squash. It did not help Hangman Page. It did not ha- help Allen Angels at all. All it did was set up this confrontation with Dark Order that could have been done another way. There are lots of other ways they could have had it done, or they could have made it a way more competitive match. I, it would have been, in my opinion, better to have Hangman Page versus uh, one of the bigger guys like uh, Ten Preston Vance. I don't know if he's back from an injury yet or not or at least one of the bigger name guys, like uh, some of the original Dark Orders, um, Stu Grayson or or, uh, Evil Uno. Someone like that going up against Paige would have done better for setting, but I, I wasn't really a fan of that at all. And then the final thing that didn't work for me, final thing i did not like the way the episode ended it ended with um after the event of the main event and everything you had orange cassidy just kind of stroll to the ring with the best friends running along beside him and then the inner circle just deuced out of the ring and ran away and and it, it just kept kind of was a a letdown in the grand scheme of the storyline i think there was a better way that they could probably have done that i think i think if they would have had orange cassidy and and um, best friends actually interact with the inner circle before the inner circle retreated. Could have been something. Or them come down and actually save someone who's getting constantly beaten down. But in this way, it was just like, hey, they show up and inner circle deuces out and, and oh, fade to black. It was just kind of a, a come down. But that is actually the entirety of the things I did not like about AEW Dynamite this week. Four. Four things that I didn't like. Four things didn't work for me. Um, the list of things that did work for me eclipses it dramatically. So we'll move on to what worked for me. And like I say, the biggest thing worked for me 100%. Having Tony Schiavone back on commentary, it makes a world of difference to me. Tony Schiavone, I, I've said it before, he's the voice of my childhood. Uh, my youth, I should say. I didn't watch as much when I was what you would call a child, but in my teenage years. Um, Tony Schiavone is the voice that I associate with with professional wrestling, more so even than Jim Ross to me. I was a WCW mark. So for me, it was Tony Schiavone, uh, Mike Tanay on commentary, Bobby the Brain Heenan. Heenan. Um, just just it, it really helps me... Uh, invest in these with having Tony Schiavone there. So I was so happy to see him back. Um, Number two, the open challenge answer of Eddie Kingston. My goodness, this was such a great idea. Um, I don't know if this was Tony Khan's choice to do or Cody's um, or whatever. Eddie Kingston is well known in the independent wrestling, well known even amongst non-independent wrestling fans he had his time on tna he had his time in ring of honor uh people knew who he was and so to have him come out lent some legitimacy to this challenge and then having it be a no dq match that really kind of helped set him up more also of note that they did even mention on commentary that uh eddie kingston at one point was the manager slash leader of LAX. Uh, They didn't specifically mention TNA. um, And they didn't specifically mention that it was while Conan was out injured because Conan is the official leader of LAX there. But having uh, mentioning that does, if they bring 
like Eddie Kingston in more often and even attempt to sign him full time, that gives a really great kind of a tie in with the other members of the inner circle, Santana and Ortiz, that they could eventually exploit down the road. So even them just planting that seed, I liked that. Um, number three, this is still in that Eddie Kingston match, but thumbtacks to see them actually pull out thumbtacks on TV, not on a pay-per-view, not on a, a internet exclusive thing, but on broadcast TV, cable broadcast, but still cable TV to have them bring out the thumbs, thumbtacks and do all the thumbtack spots brightened my day. It was a, it was a fun hardcore segment of it that I just love to see. You know, I'm I'm sure thumbtacks hurt like crazy, but I'm also sure they're one of the the less painful things that happened in this show um overall. I mean, yeah, I'm I'm sure they're unpleasant in every respect, but there are things that happened later specifically with the young bucks that I'm sure were more unpleasant. Moving on, thing that worked for me, number 4. Britt Baker's promo. This promo was fire. It was exactly what Britt Baker um, does best. Um, I I would argue that from from what we've seen on Dynamite, Britt Baker's better on the mic than she actually is in the ring. Um, and she's good in the ring. I'm not trying to knock her on that. But her mic skills are definitely where her, her strong suit is. Her, her mentioning that the conspiracy continues, tying it into back in April when Sheeta purposefully and violently broke my nose uh and then but i came back the following week because i'm the role model in the face of the women's division and then what happened how was i repaid they targeted my fractured nose again um but but then she said i'm set for the biggest comeback of all time do not count me out particularly at all out so they're definitely setting her up for her return at all out and that's great to see um I, you know the women's division can definitely use a, a little bit more help just in general and having Britt baker come back definitely helps number five works for me cage yeeting darby allen into the ring from the ramp so this ties into ricky stark's joining cage cage and taz were out there doing their promo stuff darby allen uh, attempted to come and attack cage and uh ricky starks cut him off and and hit him from behind on the ramp and then brian cage just went out and just power bombed him from the ramp all the way into the ring just yeet and it was awesome so that definitely worked for me um going in tying into it is number six john moxley being the one who came in and saved darby allen from cage cage was setting up to attack him with the skateboard um beat beat darby with his own skateboard and uh mox comes running into the ring with a barbed wire bat and the heels uh deuce out and and it was kind of a great kind of moment in fact like i i wouldn't change the main event to anything other than what it was but this is the sort of way that it really should have ended this would have changed the ending of the episode from not working to working if it would have been Orange casting the best friends actually saving Luchasaurus or Jungle Boy, you know, instead of just showing up and everything. Number seven of things that worked for me, uh, and it's kind of crazy. I I write these down chronologically for the night. This really should be either the number one if you want me to uh, put them in order that way, or the number thirteen, the final best thing. 
but this this was the the highlight of the night in most respects it's going to be a couple of these things that worked for me and that is young bucks versus butcher and blade falls count anywhere the overall match was great this was the one that like i said got over a million views uh live on tv the match was was a horror show from the beginning. Haha. <laughs> yeah, get it. I'm referencing uh, Extreme Rules, the WWE thing. Um, no, but it, it was great. It was it was hardcore. It was a false count anywhere match, so they could go anywhere. They did things on it back in the um, the I guess it was the kitchen area, the cooking area. I guess they also did things on the escalators. Those were fun. So they had a lot of fun stuff in this match all overall. Uh, they also had number eight, the uh, Matt Sharpshooter Nick Crossface combo on Butcher. When they when they put Butcher in the Sharpshooter and then uh, Nick drops down and puts the Crossface on there. I love it when they do those sorts of tag team on one person submission. Uh, I think those are awesome. So. Um, and then the final thing from that match, that match alone gets three. I, this is, it 100% works. And if anyone says this didn't work for them, uh, they just should stop watching AEW and go back to WWE. The uh, double dives off the entrance through the tables for the Young Buck win. Uh, they, of course, had Butcher and Blade on tables. They climbed up to on top of the scaffolding surrounding the entrances. And they did double dives off. I think I think Nick did kind of a, a swanton sort of thing. And I want to say Matt did more just like a drop elbow, but I'm not sure. I'll have to go back and watch it again. But through the tables, they looked painful to everyone involved. But it ended up getting them the 1-2-3 pin. Uh, and it was fun to watch. Um, moving on to number 10, things that worked for me. Archer murdering people in the locker room. This is the way you establish him as the murder hawk, right? It's not in the ring him beating jobbers. It's him backstage beating up people, right? There was one part in this. He threw a person through the ceiling tile. Just straight up head went through the ceiling tiles. It was awesome. It made him look like an absolute murder hawk, hence his name. Um, and I think it was the best way to, to have him. Now, down the road, if you could have Archer and and uh, Cage team up once or twice just to murder people, that would be entertaining. Number 11 on the list of things that worked for me. Ivelisse versus Diamante in uh, a wonderful sort of number one contenders match. They weren't actually going after who was the number one contender uh, for the women's title because they have that list separate but this was for a shot at the title next week effectively Hikaru Shida is doing an open challenge sort of thing but they decided that they wanted to have her have a match to uh, between these two to figure out who goes on to face her I would like to see Ivelisse get a shot down the road as well their women's division is light enough that with Hikaru Shida basically saying anyone who wants a shot can have a shot, they really could start throwing person after person after person at Hikaru Shida and have some great matches. Um, I know there are some people that can't make it to the tapings because they're in another country and they're not allowed to travel here right now. I get it. Uh, but this was this was phenomenal. I, I, 
I'm so happy to see some more experienced women shown on Dynamite. I am hoping that both of these officially signed contracts. Um, I, they've been rumored for a while. Eva Lise apparently was being held up because of her Lucha Underground contract, but that should be all gone now. Uh, I don't know about Diamante if she's contracted to uh, NWA or anything. Um, I really would like to see. I'm hoping they're both just free agents and can be signed because these are some more signings that would really help women's division. Uh, Diamante won, and so she will go on to face Sheeta next week. Uh, but I really thought both of them looked good. Uh, in fact, it almost looked like Ivelisse was going to win. Uh, she was about to hit uh, Diamante with, I think, like a powerbomb sort of move. And Diamante was able to roll her up into an inside cradle and win. They looked great. Fun match. I'm all for it. Number 12. This ties into the squash match. Hangman Page versus uh, Alan Angels. Five, right? This is afterwards, teasing the eventual breakup of Omega and Page works for me. Number 12 that works for me because we know that this is going to eventually happen. They're on different paths and they they looked like they were coming together. But now after beating number five, uh, the rest of the Dark Order comes in. Well, uh, Mr. Brody Lee comes in first and talks to Hangman Page and Hangman says, I, I don't really think I'm interested in joining a cult right now. And that led uh, Brody Lee to leave and basically signal for the rest of the Dark Order to go in and attack. It was kind of neat because they had uh, they had Cult Cabana. Yes, that's right. Cult Cabana. Um, uh, follow Brody Lee in to talk to, to them and then follow him out. So he wasn't there to witness the beatdown. Like, he's blinded to it and he doesn't get to see it and doesn't have to see it. Um, but so they start beating up on, on Hangman Page, and then eventually FTR comes running in with a cooler, and they beat off most of the, I should say it in a different way, they, uh, fend off most of the Dark Order, and the rest of the Dark Order runs away, and then Kenny Omega comes running to the ring late, too late to save him in any way, um, and Hangman Page, uh, ends up taking a beer from the FTR, they offer him a beer, and he takes it, he toasts with them, and Kenny Omega is kind of standing there left out, because of course he doesn't drink, and, and he's on a different page just in general, so FTR gets all the glory, FTR gets all the, uh, thanks for saving me, and, uh, Hangman Page and Kenny Omega are on opposite sides of, of a fence, proverbially, and opposite sides of the, uh, ropes as well. And then the number 13, lucky number 13, the main event works for me. Jurassic Express versus Inner Circle, it was crazy, there were tons of great moves all around, uh, but the crazier thing about it, they cyclopade me. They cyclopade us all. They had Serpentico attack at the end. Attack, um, I think it was uh, Jungle Boy was down. And uh, Cyclope comes in and uh, hits hits a, a, no, Luchasaurus, right? Um, comes in, hits, Jer hits Luchasaurus with Jericho's baseball bat. Jericho hits the Codebreaker, gets the win. Aubrey Edwards was distracted at the time. And then afterwards, uh, Cyclope does, uh, not Cyclope, Serpentico does a shooting star press onto Luchasaurus and then gets up and removes his mask. And it's not Serpentico. It's not Cyclope. It's not Dean Malenko. It's the returning Sammy Guevara. 
and I marked out so hard. And 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 now I'm like, have they been planning this all along? Is this even the reason that they brought Serpentico in and had him wrestle all these matches on Dark and showed him in the crowd uh, over the last few weeks? Right? Did they plan this whole thing out? My mind is blown with with thoughts of how how deep this might have been planned, or did they just luck into it? They could have. I can't rule that out. It could have been that they were just like, hey. Hey, we want to bring Sammy Guevara back, but how do we do it? Oh, we got this guy that wears a mask. Well, let's use him. I don't know. I, I'm I'm mind boggled by it, but I'm loving it, and I love it. Uh, I love I loved the uh, Cyclope angle back in WCW. Um, I love that it happened to Jericho back in WCW, and then Jericho was able to use the same sort of tactics to get at his enemies. Now uh, it works for me in every respect. So, so yeah, so that's what my thoughts on AEW Dynamite for the week of July 22nd. I loved it. I loved the whole show. Um, I think the ratings showed that the fans loved it. I think uh, it going up against a relatively weak NXT helped as well. But getting a million, a million plus people watching that Young Bucks versus Butcher and Blade match is a big deal. It's a really, really big deal. And this whole this whole night worked for me. I loved every second of it. So so yeah, I hope you enjoyed AEW this week. I hope um I hope you enjoyed watching Dark. Uh maybe I'll start covering Dark again soon. I don't know. I, I just so much of what they do on Dark doesn't actually impact the rest of it. And then they come along and they do this Ricky Starks angle that does impact. So I don't know, but uh, it was a great week for AEW, great week for their show, great week for their ratings. Um, I'm loving it all around. So uh, thank everyone for listening to this. Um, I appreciate everyone who listens to this. I'm trying to get back to a better schedule on it, but, you know, it happened. But, you know, make sure to follow us. On Twitter, you can follow me at Raw and Order WBU. You can uh, subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you use. You can give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts that helps more people listen to us. You can go to our Wix site. You can go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash raw and order WBU. You can go to shop.spreadshirt.com slash raw and order WBU. All of those places are places that you can support us, whether it's just sharing it for free with your friends on Twitter, whether it's buying some merchandise from our Spreadshirt shop, um, like the Not a Cop or or um, the Police Academy training shirt. There's a lot of fun things you can do there. Or um, even by sponsoring us on Patreon, getting access to some of those sweet perks like our Discord server, commercial-free episodes, uh, voting for classic pay-per-view reviews. We'll be actually recording that one here soon. Um, and even the ability to be invited on either our fantasy booking show or our uh, WBU episodes to talk about wrestling with us. So there's some great ways to support us there. Like I say, the number one best way to support us, the free way to you, costs you zero dollars though, is just talking about us on Twitter and telling your friends about us, right? So um, that's a great way you can help us out. But for now, I am going to uh, sign off on this AEW Dynamite. So smark my words, AEW Dynamite's the one to watch. It's the better show. Uh, Don't you watch that NXT stuff that DA Fabe talks about. 
you can DVR it and watch it later, but watch the AEW. But uh, thanks for listening, and we will see you soon. This is Carpool Shenanigans with Justin Mitch. A show about two friends telling stories and making history. With everything created and recorded in the car during our commute to and from work. So hop in and put your strap on on. Let's get weird.